0: And welcome to Sloop, Dragons and Elves. We're going to call this the Dragons and Elves series because, guess what, next week we're also going to be tossing in some The Rings of Power. I'm excited for that as well. It's a good time to be a fantasy fan. But today, of course, we're talking about House of the Dragon Episode 2. We finally get to see our first major villain in the Crab Feeder. We see that Coralurus Valeron is not happy with the status quo, and of course, the Rogue Prince. What a cool nickname. Daemon Targaryen has his own plans and is quite the disruptor and Rhaenyra is setting herself up to be quite the leader, showing us her peacemaker skills. All right, let's go ahead and get into our discussion. First off, we must talk about the amazing new intro. Now, interestingly enough, we're using the original Game of Thrones music. This was not the music I had originally found in all the Game of Thrones ads, House of the Dragon ads, it's hard to not mess that up. That's actually the music we're using at the beginning of this episode. But they actually use the Game of Thrones intro music. And the tone is very similar in the visuals, right? It's these close ups of some sort of mechanical board. Well, what we're seeing here is the remake of Old Valyria and the blood, which is the blood of the Targaryen, this powerful, you know, dark magic infused blood coursing through the board coursing through old valyria and reaching each person these are different people we're seeing represented in the the family started with aegon the conqueror we quickly see his two sisters and then it goes down from there and i love how once it gets to jaharis who had a very long reign and 13 children some died quickly some did not we see that the blood separates quickly and spills out like a big family tree and in the end it all you know it culminates onto princess rhaenyra and then eventually it culminates into the dragon sigil of house Targaryen this board is beautiful we see there's moments where it's just a trickle of blood when it's early on then a rush a flowing river of blood showing the you know multiple houses that have interest in the throne there were you know 14 real contenders for Jaehaerys's crown for the iron throne at one point that shows how many you know descendants he had that all had a somewhat legitimate claim and and how deluded the Targaryens are at this point, and there will be something coming up that'll bring the numbers back down to reality. But overall, I'm a big fan of this intro, and I think it's something that really kind of gives me those old Game of Thrones vibes, and I'm happy to be watching that every every time. There's certain shows you don't skip the intro. Game of Thrones has always been one of those. A lot of the Star Trek's are that way for me, and House of the Dragon is definitely on my list. We also got to see a little bit more of Craig Dryhard. I'm sorry, Dreyhard. They're going to call him Crabfeeder in this. It's kind of his pirate nickname. He has sort of this burnt face and mask, and he's definitely hidden. Now, he's a pirate that, you know, apparently is on his own. But we know that, that he's probably funded by the Essos. Uh, like, there's a, tro- a three-way alliance with the city-states of Essos. And Essos is not necessarily big fans of Targaryens. They were freed once the, once the Doom of Valyria kicked in. They all went to war with each other, but eventually the city states rose up and found a way to be very, very prosperous. I mean, the Iron Bank—they're very rich over there, right? And they're what it sounds like, funding the crab feeder. And he has established a small little foothold in the steppes. Now there's going to be this giant battle there that takes multiple years, and we see really are invested in this because it's part of their fishing lane or their 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 trade lanes. So they need him to be out of there. This is going to be a really big deal for them. Of course, the king doesn't necessarily want to attack him because he knows it's, in essence, an attack on Essos. He's trying to be very pra- pragmatic. He's trying to think of how his grandfather would do things, the the wise king that, that reigned over peace. He's trying to replicate that. But you're also a Targaryen. You have to remember that, like, another great king was K- uh, Conquer- Aegon the Conqueror, who was wise, but, you know, delivered a dragon first. He would burn down your castle to... He would melt the stones of your castle if you betrayed him. And sometimes you have to just fly the dragon around a little bit to just really show the mustard you have, you know. But we see that, you know, Pregus this crab feeder, is going to be a continuous problem. Now, they are jumping through time much faster than I thought. The pacing in this show is a little puzzling. At first, I felt like, oh, they're they're taking their time. They're going quite so. We find out that, hey, this is like a year later. And then it looks like in the previews for the next episode, we're towards the tail end of the crab feeders' war, which... Is an extensive war. Like, that's actually a pretty good, long-sized battle. So, we might be jumping a few years here. I'm not not entirely sure how long the Battle of the Steps went, but it it might be a few years of this next one. Next, let's talk about Kristen Cole being picked by Princess Rhaenyra as the new Kingsguard. Now, this serves twofold, right? First off, we can tell she's a little bit sweet on, on Kristen Cole, and that'll come back later on, I'm sure. But also, Princess Rhaenyra, while being chosen as the next, you know, queen the new heir she's still pouring cups of wine like she's still doing her normal duties as she was beforehand this is the first thing that she could do as a leader as an heir in in the line of the great valerian houses like she actually gets to make a choice here and in her choice we see that it is in our opinion in my opinion anyways a wise one everybody here now again this has been like a hundred years of peace for the most part and all the men in front of her are you know renowned champions of the tournament but only one of missing battle and it was i think during a rebellion or some small little you know little fight or whatever but he's from that battle and so she says him he's the one we want because he's actually seen war i choose sir Kristen Cole. let's not be too hasty princess there's no doubt sir Kristen is a fine warrior but houses such as Crickle and malister are important allies of the crown Seaguard, for instance, is the realm's prime defense against reavers from the Iron Islands. Those men are tawny knights. My father should be defended by a man who's no real combat. Should he not? Of course, princess. Well, let us plan Sir so Kristen's invested to Then There's different reasons for that. First off, again, she's a little sweet on him, right? We see that Rhaenyra's sweet on a few people, but she's a little sweet on this one. And secondly, she knows that Somebody who knows what it's like to face that fear and still keep their shit together is the kind of person you want when all of a sudden you're being attacked from an unknown assailant. Because when that happens, you have to be able to turn on a dime. You can't prepare for a tournament in that way, right? And when you look back at the House Targaryen, especially since Aegon the Conqueror, it, how they choose their Kingsguard is a vital signifier of how they are as a king. Like, for example... Jaehaerys the Wise chose one of his adversaries to be one of his Kingsguard. That show of mercy made that Kingsguard member super loyal to Jaehaerys, and boom, you got somebody locked in. And then he, he did a good job choosing all his Kingsguard. But we saw Aegon choose wisely, and, and on the other side of that, Maegar did terrible. So it's always kind of a good sign on how the king is going to do. Later on, we're watching as you know King Viserys is you know talking to young Valerian daughter, you know. Possibly gonna be marrying her. Of course, it's super creepy, right? We all know that, but we're watching something that's a fantasy story, so it's a little bit weird. But what I loved about this whole thing was a discussion between Raines and Rhaenyra. So rainies of course, the the queen that was never the, she was never crowned and was skipped over. And her acting, her speech, so wise. If to me, she truly felt like a dragon resenting the world. Like you could almost, I mean, I swear, you could recast this as an actual dragon. Like somebody goes into a, a cave, like the Witcher goes into a cave and talks to a wise old dragon who's seen the world in time pass by and is departing wisdom that only comes with experience. And Rhaenyra, played by Ev Best, I mean, just destroyed this scene. If you mean to elicit some anger from me, you should know that you're failing, princess. Quite the opposite. Whether it's to my daughter or to someone else's, your father will remarry sooner than late. His new wife will produce new heirs, and chances are better than not that one of those will be male. And when that boy comes of age and your father has passed, the men of the realm will expect him to be heir, not you. Because that is the order of things. When I am queen, I will create a new order. Oh, I wish that could be Rhaenyra. Wonderful acting about, by Eve Best, uh, but also by Millie Alcock, who's playing the young princess in this scene. Uh, the scene. This is such a powerful scene. And I just, the dialogue, this is the kind of Game of Thrones esque dialogue I've been wanting out of the series. And, and we got a little bit of it here. The next report that we want to talk about, is, of course, is Damon taking Dreamfire's egg. Now, a couple things to note. This egg was promised to Balon, the son that only lived for one day. So that's just twisting the knife, right? But also it's Dreamfire's egg. So it's coming from one of the most prestigious elder dragons of the Targaryen home. This is from the second generation of dragons after Balerion the Black Dread. You know, this is a very important dragon in the family. Dreamfire belonged to Reina Targaryen. You know, basically a granddaughter, the eldest granddaughter to Aegon the Conqueror. Anyways, it's a very prestigious dragon, so for him to take it, it's kind of like, dude, really? You took like Cadillac? <laughs> it's even worse, right? Well, he's off at Dragonstone, and he's saying he's taking this for his kid, but really, you just got to remember, Damon's like the internet troll. He's the rogue prince. He's just just poking you to see what your reaction will be, and the reaction was not great. They send Otto. I mean, first the king wanted to go himself, but the Otto High Tower went. Otto High Tower, man. He's such a tricky character because it's like, are you smart? I don't know. Are you foolish enough to try to take on Damon? Damien? Yeah, you are. And so he goes with his little small group. And of course, damon has got his gold cloaks. So the newly founded City Watch, he moved to Dragonstone with him. And it's kind of nuts that they're over there. But anyways, and they meet and they're about to go to swords. I don't think Damon would have actually attacked. But and while he's there, by the way, I love that he's like telling him like, oh, yeah, miss missari i'm gonna marry her and she did not know about this this is all news to her but then here comes rhaenyra she's coming in on her dragon she lands and she does the peace negotiation she talks to her uncle we see a couple things here their playful relationship here which again just to kind of a little bit of spoiler that will flourish later on her and her uncle but also we see that she's a hell of a communicator she gives him the option like you could kill me now and he doesn't take it. She challenges him, showing him that I am able to hold my own against you in conversation. And he respects the shit out of that, of course. But it also shows that, you know, she is a Targaryen in blood and right. This is her island. It really is actually her island. And I just, she's impressing you at every turn. She's impressing me at every turn. He gives back the egg, almost, you know, nonchalant toss, you know. And she hands the egg over to the the dragon keepers. And I did my job. And She's not happy with Otto. But she's she's on her way. And it just shows that Rhaenyra is the Targaryen we can root for. She's just so cool in every way. Last thing we're going to be talking about is, of course, Viserys' relationship with Alicent. The entire time we think he might be taking somebody else, but he ends up choosing Alicent at the last second. Now, he talks to his daughter, Rhaenyra, about like, hey, you know, I do need to to get a new wife. I don't don't like this. But I love how when they talk about the grief, it's finally them talking again. And those who've lost somebody, you know that Sometimes just communication is hard, and it's what's constantly in your mind, but you also don't want to be reminded of the grief. So there's this hard part where sometimes the most loved people, you're, it's hard to talk about that situation. But these two are finally bonding over that. And he's having to be truthful with her. He's like, look, I have to marry someone. And, and Rhaeny's, Rhaenyra knows that it's what's best for the realm. That's your duty. That's your job. And she assumes he's going to marry with the Valerians. And, of course, you know, tighten the bond between two old Valerian homes. It's perfect, really. The relationship's actually a perfect bond. Outside of the age difference, of course, we know that. But, yes. But then he surprises everyone by saying he wants to marry Allison. Here's a couple things. First off, that pisses off the Valerians. Of course it does. Because you just sidestepped them. You're already not helping them with their problems at, with the new Pirate in Town, Crabfeeder. But now you're also just dissing their, their family. And, and you're going to marry into a Westerosian family, which not to—it's not that it's a hundred percent this, but there's also like that's kind of a lower family too. So it's really a bash against them. And and you got to remember that Valyrian comes from Valyrian, is a Valyrian that is lower than the dragon riders in their community. So he's always felt like he's on the outside. He gives that speech later on to Damon that like, hey, I've always been on the outside. We struggled to find our way out of the top, and we have, damn it, we have, and it's. It shows how passionate and, and just easy it is to vote, to root for him. He's such a dope badass. <laughs> but yeah, and then also the other thing too, of course, is it immediately sets Rhaenyra against her best friend, Alicent, who's now going to be marrying her father. And this, of course, will eventually boil over down the road when we get the Greens and the Blacks against each other. This choice is debated over in the forums over and over again on whether or not this is a good choice for Viserys. On the plus side, you're, you're gaining someone who the Hightowers have a hold over Old Town which basically means they have a hold over the religion in a lot of ways. So you're locking down the religion and tying the seven-pointed star with Targaryens as much as possible is best for the entire realm. But you're also splitting a lot of the Valyrian blood in half now and creating an enemy out of the biggest navy there is. Not an enemy, but just sliding them and he takes it hard. And of course, we see later on the ramifications of this decision is disastrous. It's just terrible. So it's tough because you kind of see what he's saying. Like, this is probably the best move for the realm. Also, his relationship with Alicent is more real. Now, of course, Otto is sending his daughter in there constantly, so it's only real to him. And she, I'm sure, over time is okay with it, but it's not quite the same. Anyways, let me know what you guys thought of this episode. Episode 2 of House of the Dragons. I think we really we've set up the the major conflict of the show we've also set up one of our major bad guys early bad guys of course the first challenge that's really going to show Damon and Corliss get together and, and create this bond that will extend far down the road and it's pretty neat for the next episode it looks like we're going to have the battle you know sea snake which is which is Corliss's name nickname versus the uh, crab feeder and we all see that dragon flying in boys we know that Damon's coming in to save the day that's going to be neat to see we get some of that later Game of Thrones season stuff, too. I think it's a good mix-up. And we're going to see Rhaenyra really put to the challenge. And Viserys is getting older. His health is fading quicker and quicker. And the time is running out to get the House Targaryen in order. All right. Next week, guys, we will see you guys here once again. We're going to be talking about, of course, House of the Dragons Episode 3 and our very first episode of The Rings of Power. See you guys then. Have a great week.